Matthew 3, beginning in verse number 16, the word of the Lord says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Chapter number 4, verse number 1. Then when was Jesus led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. Now the number 40 is the number of judgment. And after 40 days, he begins to face judgment. He begins to face temptation. He begins to face trial. And when the tempter came in verse 3 unto him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I preached on that phrase or on that uh, topic on Monday night of this past week in revival about the bread of life. Verse number 5, Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Now the devil's making promises he can't keep, and he doesn't intend to keep any of his promises. Then Jesus saith unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. You can be seated this morning. Thank you graciously for standing with us while we read the word of the Lord. I want to preach for a little while if the Lord will help me this morning on this simple subject. God's word is enough. God's word is enough. Now it seems like the devil likes to attack us after times of great victory in our Christian lives. He tempts us with thoughts and sights which will hinder our Christian walk and get in the way of what we need to do for the Lord. He does his best to discourage us, to take us off track, to cause us to stumble. And our greatest and strongest weapons against such attack is God's precious word. The word of God is enough. Verses 16 and 17, where we began our reading in chapter 3, we see an example of great spiritual victory in the baptism of Jesus as immediately there is the power of God, the manifested spirit of God that comes down like a dove and lights upon him and the voice of the Father speaks from heaven concerning the Son and the entirety of the Trinity is displayed on planet earth. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Father says, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And then immediately after that, Jesus is led of the Spirit in verse number 1 into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. 
in the rendering given unto us of Mark chapter 1 and verse number 12, Mark's gospel says it this way, that the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. This experience of temptation and trial was of the perfect will of God. Jesus is not experiencing trouble from the devil because he hasn't done right. He is not experiencing trouble from the devil or temptation because he has failed God in some way. He's not doing without or experiencing these highs and lows of life because of that he has in some way stumbled or fallen and to come short of what God wanted him to do while he was on planet earth. But instead, friend, he does this at the direction of the Holy Ghost. Some of your most difficult temptations in life will come because God placed you there. He'll bring you into the wilderness. He brought the children of Israel. When he brought them out of Egypt, where did he take them to? Into the wilderness. They had to go through the wilderness to get from Egypt into Canaan. He, my friend, not only did he lead the Old Testament believers through the wilderness, but his own son, he sent him through the wilderness. And that's what happens now. The Holy Spirit, by the way, that's who led the children of Israel through the wilderness. It was a light by day and a cloud or cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. It's the Holy Spirit that led them through the wilderness. And it is the Holy Spirit that leads Jesus into and through the wilderness. And you and I will not escape that time either. We are going to go through some of those wilderness days. But friend, be certain that God will not leave you alone in the wilderness. No more than what he left the children of Israel alone or his son alone. But the Holy Spirit will guide you through the wilderness and bring you through on the other side. And now this experience of temptation and trial was the perfect will of God for Jesus. Jesus to endure these days serving as our example when we also experience the highs and lows of life. Hey, you can endure some of the most uh, deepest and some of the most difficult temptations while in the center of the will of God. And the devil will crawl upon your shoulder and say you're only here because you're not really the Christian you ought to be. You're only facing this because uh, hey, you're not as close to God as what you ought to be. If you were everything you pretend to be, you wouldn't be going through what you're going through right now. But I want to testify this morning that the devil is a liar and the father of it. And that your experiences of trial and temptation oftentimes are not only, uh, my friend, a place for God to display his glory, but they are often ordered by the Lord. It is his intent uh, that you go through these things that God might bring glory in your line. And now when we read of these three temptations that the Lord went through, and by the way I know I, I believe that he experiences much more than just these three. These are the three that are highlighted or are noted or are recorded in the word of God. We know everything that happened in the life of Jesus was not recorded. John said if it was recorded there wouldn't be a book large enough in the whole world to contain everything that happened in Jesus' life and ministry. I believe there were many, many more temptations. Forty days he's fasting and then the devil himself comes unto him. I believe there were a host of temptations during the forty days. And the Bible 
even tells us that he dwelt amongst wild beasts. According to the book of Mark in chapter 1, there were great temptations. He was tempted of the world, of the flesh, and now of the devil. And when Satan comes to him with these specific three temptations, we also can be encouraged this morning by the fact that Jesus used the word of God to overcome these temptations. Jesus is the Lord of glory, but he does not work miracles and cast lightning bolts to gain the victory. But instead, he says, it is written. It is written. It is written. Three occasions he speaks these words. He uses the same tool that we have at our disposal. How did he cast out lightning bolts and struck the devil down? I would have said, boy, Jesus, amazing. But we would have never known what to do in our temptations and in our troubles because we're not real good at handling lightning bolts. But since the Lord gave us the word of God and he defended himself with the word of God and now he's given to you and to me the word of God, now we know what to do when we are also tempted of the devil. I want to say it again this morning. I'll say it often. God's word is enough. God's word is enough. I praise the Lord. He gives us our tool at our disposal, the word of God. God's word is our strongest and greatest weapon when we are tempted or discouraged by the devil. Many have turned to other sources, forsaking what power, my friend, forsaking what has power to deliver. Job called these other sources physicians with no value. People have turned to social media for affirmation. They've turned to psychologists and psychiatrists for peace and satisfaction. They've turned to their co-workers for advice. And they turned to their families for support. And I'm not belittling, my friend, the help of others. But if you're looking for them to be providing for you what really can only be provided from the Word of God, then you're looking in the, all the wrong places. In fact, if others will help you, they will need the Word of God in order for them to be able to help you. Amen, friend. God's Word is enough. God's Word is enough. Amen. God's Word has a positive answer for all of our negative thoughts and emotions. Now I'm going to acknowledge something that is true about you and about me. You're no more spiritual about this matter than what I am. You may be more well-disciplined about it, but you're no more spiritual about this matter than what I am. We all have negative thoughts and emotions. I mean, if you want to know how something can go wrong, if you really want to know how how it can go wrong and how bad it can go wrong, just come ask me about it. You may think you are in a place where it's as bad as what it can get, and my instantaneous nature or thought will be to think of how much worse it could get before it's all over with. Amen. I mean, friend, it's a spiritual gift. I've just got it. Some folks got it, some don't, and I got it. And listen, I can tell you how bad it can get before it gets all over with. I had a fellow I worked with years ago. I was struggling at the time. Difficult time. Had not been in the insurance business very long. He had been around there for about 30 years. He came along. I put his arm around me. He said, Preacher, I know what you're thinking right now. He said, But I have seen things get like this and go on for a long time. And just when you think that you've hit rock bottom, things
things take a sudden change for the worse. I mean, just drug me right on down a little deeper. We all have negative thoughts and emotions. We have times and experiences where we're like Eeyore. Y'all know Eeyore, don't you? On that Pooh Bear book and cartoon and so forth. Nobody loves me. And nobody wants to be my friend. Everything is wrong. Oh, we live our lives so often there. I mean, friend, hey, Piglet's scared all the time. A rabbit works all the time to grouch. And uh, my friend Eeyore's all the time whining and complaining. And I'm just pressed and on the bottom. And Tigger's bouncing around on his tail, giggling and laughing because that's what Tigger's do. And we could stand a little more of that. Amen. God have mercy on us. We spend a lot of time on the bottom. We spend a lot of time discouraged and negative and thinking the worst of ourselves and of others and of our situations. And I'm going to tell you a few things you say and I say this morning. And then I want to tell you a few things God's Word says because God's Word is enough. And if you don't call this preaching, call it what you want to. I think it'll help you. If you listen for a few minutes and I'll be done, it won't take long. We say it's impossible. That's what we say. When we begin to think negatively, we begin to think, my friend, in a way that is unproductive, we say it's impossible. But God's Word says in Luke 18, 27, that things that are that are impossible with men are possible with God. We say it's impossible. But God's Word says in Matthew 17, 20, nothing shall be impossible unto you. We say it's impossible. But Jesus said in Matthew 19, 26, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. God's Word is enough. We say I'm tired. I mean I'm just worn out. I'm exhausted. I've had enough. I can't stand anymore. I just can't make it. But God's Word says in Matthew 11 and 28, Come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly of heart and ye shall find rest for your souls. We say I'm tired. But Hebrews 4 and 9, God's Word says, There remaineth therefore a rest unto the people of God. As a matter of fact, that chapter said that they found rest in the wilderness. They found rest in the Sabbath. They found rest in the Lord Jesus. They found rest on the Lord's day. But he said there's another rest waiting for us. And when you're weary and when you're tired, God's word is enough. And God's word says that there is a rest. We say nobody loves me. We say nobody loves me. But God's word says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God's word is enough. And God's word says the maker and creator of the whole universe loves you. And that there is nobody and there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. 
God. Hallelujah. We say nobody loves me. And yet God's word says greater love. John 15, 13. Greater love hath no man than this. That a man lay down his life for his friends. We say nobody loves me anymore. And Jeremiah 31, 3 says I've loved you with an everlasting love. Amen. We say nobody loves me. How about 2 Thessalonians 2, 16. God's word says now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through Jesus Christ to comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Somebody loves me, answers my prayers. I love somebody, I know he cares. Somebody tells me not to repine. That somebody is Jesus and I know he's mine. God's word is enough. Jesus loves you today. Oh, that's right. We say, I can't go on. We say, I cannot go on. I can't make it any farther. I'm not going to make it. I'm going to stumble. I'm going to fall. I'm going to fail. I can't make it. Or oh, the devil will get on your shoulder and say, you'll never make it to heaven when you die. You'll never make it in your Christian life. You'll never make it all the way to the judgment seat. You're going to fail, sure is the world. You're going to fall, sure is the world. We say, I I cannot go on, but God's word is enough. And God's word said in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. We say, I cannot go on. But God's word said in Acts 26, 22, Paul speaking, Having therefore obtained help from God, I continue unto this day. You can go on. You can make it. You can know heaven is your home. And my friend, you can trust the Lord. His word is enough. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. The other night there was a choir that came to sing at the uh, revival meeting. I told myself I wouldn't get away from my notes, but I got to tell this. And uh, there's a choir that came to sing at the revival meeting the other night. And there's a young man in the choir singing that was there with them that was blind. Not only was he blind, but he was nonverbal. He would try to sing, but he couldn't say the words. He could make noises, but he couldn't say any of the words. I think he really knew the song, uh, songs because he, you could tell he knew the timing and the rhythm. He could feel that, and you could sense that in his, in his sounds, but he was not saying any words, at least not that any of us could audibly detect or understand. It, you know, it was just racket to me and to you, but I'm sure the Lord knew exactly what he was singing, and uh, he would sing and try his best, and here he was. He was uh, somewhat physically handicapped, but not as much as physically as as mentally and visually. And so his, I suppose it was his dad, helped him around. Of course, he's in a new place and trying to get around. Didn't know that cu- didn't know that church, didn't know that choir. His father held him by the belt of his pants here behind him and would sort of steer him one way or the other as to where to go and guide him and helped him up the steps. He did pretty good. Didn't even really notice it or think about it, Brother John, as I watched him go up the steps so over there at Zion View. But when they got finished singing in the choir and he got becoming that back down the steps. They've got three or four pretty steep steps right there coming off of that stage. And as he got to the edge of the stage, his father came around and was not holding him by the belt in the back now, but had come around and was in front of him. And there is not a real good banister there to hold on to. And what the daddy told him to do said, just lean on me, son, and step forward. 
can step down and I'll be here. Woo! And that little boy, I say little boy, he's probably 40 years old. I've been treating his father as he would as a child, as a little child. He stood to the edge of that step and he began to step there and feel his way to the edge of it. And I watched his leg as he began to tremble and shake with fear. But his foot trembling and shaking, he reached out there and couldn't feel that first step. He didn't know where he was stepping off into. But he leaned over on his father's shoulders like this. And then took that trembling foot and stepped on that step. And then that trembling foot and stepped on the next step. Until he hit the bottom and his father reached around and grabbed him around the waist. Held onto the back of his belt and that boy sinking. And he said, that's all the way down, son. You made it. And I thought one of these days right now, that's how I feel in this old world. I'm walking where I can't see. And all I know to do is lean on my father and take the next step. But praise God, he's going to wrap his arms around me one of these days and say, that's all. You've made it now. And you've made the last step. And it'll all be glory after a while. <laughs> Woo! If that doesn't help you, you wouldn't going to get help no matter what I said this morning. I'm telling you, we have a heavenly father we can depend on and trust in and believe on and count on. And he's given us a word. He's speaking to us through this precious book and letting us know we're going to make it. We're going to make it, friend. Hallelujah. You're not going to fail. You're not going to die in the wilderness. He's going to bring you through. Amen. Hallelujah. We say, I can't go on, but God says my grace is sufficient. We say, I cannot figure things out. I just can't figure things out. And listen, I don't know how many of we is that says this, but I know Brother Toby says this. I can't figure it out. I don't like stuff I can't figure out. Matter of fact, I don't even want it. If I can't figure it out, I don't want it. It gets me mad when I got something around I got to deal with, and I've got to figure out how to use the thing, and I don't know how it works and I don't like it trying to tell me what to do. Brother John filed a complaint with me for me on my behalf with Google and Norton and uh, and Yahoo and all the rest of them Yahoos. I'm tired of them telling me what to do. Our machines are supposed to do what I say instead of me trying to do what it says. And I get frustrated with that. I look at life. I look at things happening around me. And my reaction so often is to say I can't figure these things out. But God's word says, and his word's enough. In Proverbs 3 and 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I can't figure it out, God says. If you'll trust me, I'll help you. Amen, friend. Psalm 111, verse number 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments, his praise endureth forever. We say, I can't figure things out. But Isaiah, the word of the Lord says in Isaiah 33 and 5, the Lord is exalted for he dwelleth on high. He hath filled Zion with judgment and righteousness and wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and strength of thy salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. His word is enough. He'll help us know what we need to know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We say, I can't do it. 
It ain't often I say this out loud. Now, if I say it, I usually say it where nobody else hears me. I take the approach of uh, Big uh, John Wayne and that uh, Big Jake movie where he's Jacob McKendall's. Y'all don't look at me so spiritual. That, if, you, if you're too spiritual to appreciate John Wayne shooting somebody, you're more spiritual than the rest of us. And I don't know that we can even relate to you. Amen. Praise God for every time I've saw him shoot them Indians. I know they're going to get back up for the next film. But praise God for every time I've seen him shoot them Indians. And uh, old Big Jake McCandles, his grandson comes running to him while they're shooting at him. He's done been shot in the arm, been shot in the leg. Uh, I mean, he's, uh, and he's got uh, the deck stacked against him. I mean, he's outnumbered and outgunned and outmanned. Uh, and he's trying to rescue his little grandson. If y'all don't like that kind of stuff, you don't like nothing. I mean, trying to rescue his little grandson. Uh, I mean, it's exciting. I've seen it 50 times. I sit on the edge of my seat. Just wait and see he's going to shoot next. Uh, and here's a little grandson. Uh, son comes running over to him. He says, while we're shooting in every direction, he says, Paul, Paul, I'm scared. He said, I'm too, but don't you tell nobody about it. Amen. That's the way I am most of the time. If I'm scared, I'm not going to tell anybody about it. I normally don't say out loud, I can't do it. My out loud answer will be, I'll figure out a way, I'll get it done, I'll make it happen. Just get out of the way, I'll make it happen, whatever it takes. But sometimes on the inside where nobody's listening, I'm telling the Lord, something's got to happen here because I can't do it. I cannot do it. But God's word is enough this morning. And when I say I cannot do it, God's word says in Philippians 4, 19, or 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Amen, friend. And not only can God do it, if I'm in the will of God and using the power of God and the help of God, he will empower me and enable me and permit me to do it through his strength. Amen. Hallelujah. The devil says you can't. Well, I remember hearing Clarence Thomas, the Supreme Court Justice, I'd give a speech many years ago. And he said with his grandfather who raised him, how when he was coming up as a boy, his grandfather would tell him, I don't want to hear, I can't. I said, can't moved out of this household a long time ago, and he ain't never coming back. I don't want to hear, I can't. I can do all things through Christ with strength with me. Amen. Amen. We say, I can't forgive myself. Oh my. That one's one that always has kind of frustrated me. I can't forgive myself. You, I, guess you're, I guess you think you're more holy than Jesus. Jesus, is, Jesus can forgive you, but you're so holy you can't forgive yourself. You know, you're holding a higher standard than what the Lord is. That's, that's so ridiculous. Prideful is what it is. I can't forgive myself. You see, people say that like they're humble. I just can't forgive myself. I mean, I've done so many bad things. It don't make you humble. It makes you foolish. You're not more holy than Jesus. You're not, you're not so pious and so powerful. My friend, that you hold yourself to a higher standard than the Lord does. If the Lord has forgiven you, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Isn't that right? It is Christ that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? You have no right to condemn when Christ has justified. If you've trusted in Jesus to forgive, your, forgive you of your sins, Quit walking around beating yourself up and praise God for doing what he's done. Amen. 
sin, friend. I mean, First John 1 and 9, you say, but what about this sin, that sin, that other sin? First John 1 and 9, God's word's enough. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that word all means all, and that's all that all means. All unrighteousness. What about this and that that I've done? If you've given it to God, then quit with it. If you've given it to God, then give it up. I mean, quit living under the shadow of it. Quit letting the devil use it as a tool to defeat you and walk on with the Lord. Amen. No, it ain't okay. Your sin, my sin, your mama's sin. It's not okay. It's all wicked. But that's why Jesus died. He died to deal with our sin problem. And when you say that I can't forgive myself, apparently you don't think what Jesus did at the cross is enough to take care of your sin problem. A friend, it is enough. When Jesus forgives sin, he washes it all away. We still have to live with the consequences. We still have to live with the scars. But we don't have to live an unforgiven life. Praise God. I'm not perfect, but I am forgiven. I am not everything I ought to be. But praise God, when Jesus looks at me, he sees the blood of Calvary. And he washes away my sin. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. God's word is enough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if God says you're forgiven, who are you to say, oh, no, no, I must do something else. Hogwash. You got that junk from the devil and pop culture, and it's wicked and ungodly, and his word says different. God's precious word says if you're born again, you're forgiven. If you're blood washed, you're forgiven. If, my friend, your sins have been dealt with at Calvary's cross, they are paid for, put away. Praise God, and you have power over them, and you're now a new creature in Christ Jesus. Will you fail? Will you stumble? Will you fall again? Sure you will. But the righteous man rises up and continues on and lives for God. It does not mean that God excuses our sin. It does mean Jesus paid for our sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If God excused our sin, Jesus wouldn't have had to die. But because God paid for our sin, Jesus shed every last drop of his blood to deal with our sin problem. And when we say we can't forgive ourselves, and we're ignoring what God's word has said and does. We say, I'm afraid. I'm scared. I fear this or that, but God's word's enough. And God's word says in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We say, I'm afraid. But God's word said in Psalm 56 and 3, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Amen. That's exactly right. I'm not scared of much. I'm not afraid of much. I am afraid of raccoons. I think that's totally sensible. Everybody ought to be afraid of a raccoon. They'll gnaw your arm off. 
off. Don't get them pinned up in the corner. Most of them's got rabies. You ought to be afraid of a raccoon. That is a healthy fear. But I'm not so scared that I can't function around them. I mean, friend, hey, don't be afraid of everything. Don't, don't go through your life all the time timid and scared and worried and trembling and upset. Your nerves all rattled and stomach all tore up because of being afraid of everything. What if something bad happens, preacher? Something bad is going to happen. I don't know if you realize that or not. I'll just go ahead and take care of that what if for you this morning. You're wondering what if something bad happens. It is going to happen. In this life you shall have tribulation. That'd be a good cheer. After I have overcome the world is what Jesus said. I mean, you're going to have trouble. Some bad's going to happen. I might die. Ain't no mind to it. You are going to die. But I'm telling you, even when you die, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with all my cup runneth over. As surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I mean, ain't no might to it. We're going to have bad stuff happen and we're going to die. I mean, we'll never be forsaken. We'll never be alone. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And he that is, he that's dead and believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he that liveth on me, that liveth and believeth on me, shall never die. Because Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. We say, I'm afraid, but God's word is enough. We say, I'm worried and frustrated. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If I disclosed how many times in the last two, three months that I've used the words worried or frustrated, um, I suppose it probably would be embarrassing for me to find out and even more embarrassing for me to tell all the people that I care about that have troubles in their life that I'm praying about and I'm trying not to worry, but I'm trying to worry about nothing and pray about everything. But it's not easy to do that. And I'm not excuse making for myself. I'm acknowledging, I'm confessing. I mean, I, it's a sin to worry. It's not a sin to be concerned. It's a sin to worry. And I sometimes go way past the point of concern and I worry and I get frustrated and it's sinful. It's sinful for me and it's sinful for you. And I'm confessing my fault unto you in hopes that you won't think hard towards me but rather that you'll pray for me because I need help from God for this matter. I've got people that I care about. I don't worry so much about myself but I've worried about others. I've worried about others that I love that's lost. I've worried about others that I love that's sick. I've worried about others that I love. I've worried about this baby coming into this world and I've worried about you know my children's future and how that they're going to navigate the things that are in this world. I'm worried about the shape our country's in and our world's in. I'm worried about the, uh, the the rage of sin that seems to run the streets of this uh, civilization like a mad dog foaming at the mouth. And listen, I've been worried and frustrated, but God's word says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 7, casting all your care on him, for he careth for you. I don't have to be worried and frustrated. God's word is enough. Psalm 55, 22, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. God's word says I don't have to worry. I can cast my burdens upon the Lord. We say 
I don't have enough faith. I just don't have enough faith. I know I need to do so and so and so and so and believe this or that. But I just don't have enough faith. But God's word says in Romans chapter 12, and God's word's enough. Romans 12 and 3 says, God hath dealt to every man a measure of faith. Isn't that right? Ephesians 2 said, Faith is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Matthew 17, 20, you said, I don't have great faith. Do you got any faith? Do you got a little? faith. You got a place to start and you do friend. Matthew 17 20 if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed you shall say unto this mountain remove hence in yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you. You say I don't have enough faith. You do. You just need to invest it. You need to plant it in God's word. You need to invest your faith your confidence in God and trust him. His word has told us it is enough. You say, but I can't see my faith. You're not supposed to see your faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You're not supposed to see it or it wouldn't be faith. Jesus didn't say that our faith needed to be like a watermelon seed. Amen. Didn't say it needed to be like a seed of an of a oak tree. That's an acorn. He said your seed needed to be like a mustard seed. It's so small you can't see it hardly with the naked eye. You can see a handful of them, but you can't hardly see one of them. I mean, it's so small you just you'd need a you need a looking glass or a microscope to really see a mustard seed. And the Lord says the kind of faith that moves mountains is the kind that you keep saying you can't see. I mean, I can't see. I don't have enough faith. I can't see it. And God said, just because you can't see it does not mean it's not powerful. It can move mountains. God's word is enough. God's word's enough. We say, and this is the worst one we say, I think. We say, I'm all alone. I'm all by myself. The whole world's forsaken me. I'm isolated. Nobody knows. Nobody understands. Nobody cares. Ain't nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Ain't nobody knows my sorrow. Amen? We say, I'm all alone. But God's word tells us otherwise. Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And that is a promise and God cannot lie. I'm alone. And he says, no, you're not. You are not alone. Charles Spurgeon said the child of God can only be alone in his Christian walk if he chooses to ignore the company he has. I mean, the Lord walks with us. He doesn't leave us. He walks with us. He talks with us. He will not forsake you in the sixth trouble. He'll not walk out on you in the seventh. Oh, Matthew 28, 20, his word says, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Proverbs 18, 24, There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. We say I'm all alone, but God's word is enough and it tells us otherwise. Amen. I'm finished preaching, I guess, exhorting, doing whatever it is I'm doing, testifying. And I'd like for you to come with a song, please. God's word is enough. This morning, the devil tempts you and tries to discourage you. He did that to Jesus and he will for you. 
May you apply these wonderful promises from God's word to help you live a victorious Christian life. When the devil tries to tell you, and he'll tell every one of you lost people that are here, every one of you here that's not born again, Satan will try to tell you this lie. He will tell you that God can't save somebody like you. He'll tell you the Lord won't save somebody like you. He will tell you God's not interested in saving somebody like you. But the old devil is a liar. Romans 10, 13, God's word is enough. And his book says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You've got God's word on that. And he cannot lie. If you're unsaved this morning, if your sin problem's never been dealt with, if you don't know that your sins are forgiven, today would be the day to come to this altar and say, God, I'm here to just let you know I believe your word. I believe your word. And your book said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It is that simple. And Lord, I believe it. I believe it. And he'll save you quicker and quick. And make you a new creature in Christ. And then every time the old booger man, he won't quit lying to you. But every time he comes along and tells you another lie, makes up another ugly tale, tells another dirty story, you can say, now, Lord, you've got to help me with this one. The old devil's on my shoulder lying again. What do I do? And he'll send you back to this book. And you'll find time and again, time and again, Praise God answers and you can trust that God's word is enough. It is written. God's word is enough. Everybody stand please. I tried to preach what the Lord's put on my heart. I hope I've made a little bit of sense to somebody this morning. Somehow or another that God has used this feeble preacher and this feeble preaching to help you in some way. Some of you this morning have this week Fought, verbalized, spoken, complained, used many of the same things I have preached about in the points of the message. I can't make it. I'm alone. I'm scared. I'm defeated. It's not enough. This very week, and God wants to help you this morning. If you need to pray, I'd ask you to come. Sing for us when you're ready. Some are praying. Many others need to. Make use of these altars and let the Lord help your soul this morning. Is there something in your heart between you and the Lord? Are you drifting apart? Not as close anymore. Well, there's nothing you can God's do that He will not forgive. You need to pray, would you come? Bring it to the cross. Let it die so you can live. Nail it to the cross. Get it under the blood. Drown your pain in every stain in the mercy
Is there a burden you bear? Has it got you battered and bound? Are you struggling for strength? Do you long to lay it down? Well, don't take another step. Just kneel right where you stand. Lay it at the cross and take a hammer in your hand. Nail it to the cross. Get it under the blood. Drown your pain and every stain in the mercy flood. Nail it to the cross. Find hope and forgiveness. Kneel at the tree and walk away free. Nail it to the cross. Is there a burden you bear? Has it got you battered and bound? Are you struggling for strength? Do you long to lay it down? Well, don't take another step. Just kneel right where you stand. Lay it at the cross and take the hammer in your hand. Nail it to the cross. Get it under the blood. Drown your pain and every stain in the mercy flood. Nail it to the cross. Find hope and forgiveness. Kneel at the tree and walk away free. Nail it to the cross, nail it to the cross, get it under the blood, drown your pain and every stain in the mercy flood, nail it to the cross, find hope and forgiveness, kneel at the tree and walk away free, nail it to the cross. Is there something in your heart between you and the Lord? Are you drifting apart, not as close anymore? Well, there's nothing you can do that He will not forgive. Bring it to the cross, let it die so you can live. Nail it to the cross, get it on. stain in the mercy flood. Nail it to the cross. Find hope and forgiveness. Kneel at the tree and walk away free. Nail it to the cross. Nail it to the cross. Get it under the blood. Drown your pain and every stain in the mercy flood. Nail it to the cross.
what the Lord's done for me today. Sister Jill got saved, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago now, two weeks ago? Been a long couple of weeks and passed a week for me. Seems like you've been saved a long time. But now she can sing a song that'll be different this afternoon than what's ever been. Can you sing Thank God for My Christian Home? Yes, yes. Thank God for My Christian Home. I want some of you to come on down here and shake hands with this family. I love you. I pray for them. Thank God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you look on my family in pity and wonder how we struggle along, then your eyes can see all my riches. Thank God for my Christian home. When I'm sad and discouraged from failure and feel the whole world's against me and everything's wrong, all I need for courage is to whisper, thank God for my Christian. This old world, just like I found it, taking with me no silver or gold. Oh, but that strong hand of death has no power to break the circle of my Christian home. And when I'm sad and discouraged from failure and feel the whole world is against me and everything's wrong all I need for courage is to whisper thank God for my Christian home and when I'm sad discouraged from failure and feel the whole world is against me and everything's wrong all I need for courage is to whisper thank 
Christian.